0: Barukata Adonai, Elohenu Menakaolam, Masher, Kichanu Bemitota, Vetivanu, La Sok, Be Divre Torah, Veha Revna Adonai, Elohenu et Divre Torateca, Befino Ufi, Am Ka Betisrael, Veniye Anaknu, Vedze etza Einu Vedze etza E, Am Ka Betisrael, Kulano Yodea Shemeca, Velam de Torateca, Lishma, Barukata Adonai, Hamla Lamet Torah, Leamo, Yisrael. Baruch Hashem Haksam everybody. I'm chilling in the sukkah. Pretty hot right now. But it ain't a Vodazera hot where I wanna get out of the sukkah and kick it. You know, I talk a lot about that a Vodazera drop. I wanna go ahead and read that. This is gonna be just a hodgepodge so this is the, the Sukkot Get You Some Drop Zone <laughs> Cause Yeah, I'm gonna I'm using the anchor app right now to record so it's going to give me 60 minutes. Let's see how we do this because you know sometimes I get a little ahead of myself on things and um, I ended up going over on time. So hopefully I can index this before 60 minutes. If not, we'll continue with a part two. I'm trying to soak up all the Suka time I can possibly get today. So let me go over here to a vote of zero. I believe... It is 3A. If it's not 3A, then uh, we'll figure it out. So, vote 0, 3A. Master of the Universe. I have an easy meta. Okay, it's 3A. Blessed be the name of Hashem. Take a screenshot. Hope everyone's been having a good Sukkot, by the way. Alright, so, the nations refuse to capitulate. So we're in, uh, this is definitely a Gemara. Okay, so it says the nations will then say, Master of the universe, give the Torah to us anew. Now, Me, me Roche Ve Asena. Oh, Sika. Tene Lanu Me Vena Sena. That is give to us anew. Tene Lanu. Now I'm reading the Hebrew here for give us the Torah anew and we will observe its precepts. It just says Tene Lanu Merosh Vena Sena. So give to us from the beginning and we will do. Now this word Tene piques my interest, so Gonna go to my Targum here and look this up. Uh, tav noon hay. Let's see what we get. Tav noon hay. Where you wit? Tav noon olive. Tav noon hay. I'm outside, so you'll hear extra noises on this. <laughs> Tav Nun Yod, it wants me to go to that word, and it'll give me some commentary, so Tav Nun Yod says to repeat, so when we see the word, give us the Torah a new word, they're saying no, 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 wait, Hashem, 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 slow down, like Hashem, Hashem, as we say in the 13 attributes, the nations are all like, Hashem, Hashem. Like 13 attributes Hashem. You're merciful. You're slow to anger and all that. Please. Repeat time. Por favor. The Torah. So. This is one of the cool things. That I love about learning Hebrew. Is being able to just like. Sit down with these words. And like. Really soak them in. Because in the English. It just says. Give us the Torah anew. But really. Tenei lanu. Means. Please repeat. From the beginning the Torah. Like Hashem, you remember when that time you showed up on the mountain and you said, Anoki, which means I wrote myself down and gave it to you. I gave over the soul of myself to you. I wrote down my essence and gave it to you. You know, the word of God became flesh. I mean, became tablets. I mean, became flesh and dwelt among us or tabernacle among us, sukked among us. So literally the nations are like, please take us back to Mount Sinai, please. Then you read Parsha Vezoha Baraka this week, starting in Devarim 33. And the very first part of it says, Hashem showed forth from Mount Seir and to Padan Aram. And the commentary is like, yeah, so basically God went to all the other nations. Because between Esau and Ishmael, that equals the whole entire nations every non-jew is distilled down to one of those two now that's absolutely crazy because we say there are 70 nations right so that means at least 35 of those 70 belong to esau and the other 35 belong to ishmael that's christianity and islam and it's kind of like what do you mean everything distills down to that two categories that's a pretty big uh spectrum so when we really look at this it's kind of like what are you saying but anyway that's a story for another time that's in some Bahaturm that's also in Or Hachaim. if you read Or Hachaim on the beginning of Parshavah Zaha Baraka better buckle up for safety but anyway let me see what other definitions Tanay has again we're looking at Tavnun Hay the uh, root of it is Tavnun Yod and it goes to say to teach or to study the Mishnah or Bharata. To repeat a tradition, to teach or study. Then it goes on to say uh, what else we got? There's little bugs going on. To change. To tell, relate, or to teach. Uh, also means to stipulate, to agree, and to make a condition. So, the nations are smart. They're saying, you know what, Hashem? Please uh re-institute this. Pretend like the Torah never existed before. And then give it to us. So, that's what the nations are saying in the time to come. So, the nations are going to say it's Ribono Shel Olam. Right? So... The master of the universe. Tenei lanu merosh v'na'asena. So we will hear and we will do. Now what's wrong with that? Because when they say tenei lanu, they're like, we want to hear first and then we'll do it. Well, (laughs) what happened with uh, Shemot 24-7? Because for Israel, we said we will do. We said na'aseh. They nishma, then we will hear Hashem didn't have to say anything, it's just like whatever he's gonna say, we're gonna do it. The nations, not so much, they're like, Uh, why don't you run that bias one more time and then we'll consider it? Not so with the Jewish people, so this is what sets us apart. You know, one of the things about us is that we don't uh try to uh, rationalize. Of the Torah we don't try to rationalize the commandments like well is this a purity law a levitical law is this for Israel or is this for uh the Levites or the Cohen only is this a man mitzvah or a woman mitzvah it's like no whatever Hashem is commanded we're going to do it this is why you find that when you do things like observe the Shabbat you actually end up fulfilling the whole entire Torah when you study the Torah you fulfill the whole entire Torah when you uh, get circumcised as a man you fulfill the entire Torah you know uh, when a woman lights the candles to bring in the Shabbat you know she helps with the fulfillment of the entire Torah because when the woman is lighting the candles she is separating out a day and sanctifying it in time you know so she literally is the conduit for the Shabbat to take its effect through her action of lighting the candles and the challah that she makes is the bread of testimony yep that's right the showbread the challah is representative of the showbread even though the showbread did not have leaven in it and the challah does have leaven in it but it's a symbolic uh picture of it so anyway so many different things you do like when you wrap the filling, when you're doing zit uh, when the woman covers her hair, when she dressed modestly, you know, when she observes nida, family purity. Oh, and this one little small detail that was brought down by some of our avengers at our Torah study on the third night of, or fourth night of Sukkot. When the woman goes to the mikvah after her purification of, the, of nida time, if she's married... When she does that mikvah, it's a mikvah for her and her husband at the same time. Yeah, if you want information on that source, please talk to Kola Shlita, one of our Avengers. She is the Storm Avenger from X-Men. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure she can change the forecast for you on that. Brukashim. So this beauty of when you just get into Torah and you just dive into it and you're just like, man, I ain't trying to figure out nothing. I'm just trying to serve Hashem. I'm just trying to love God. When you really have that mentality about it, there's a whole plethora of stuff that opens up for you because Torah is dependent upon the way you approach it. That's really the condition. This is why if you read in Parsha Naso and uh, Bami Bar were there's the 12 leaders of the tribes. There's one leader from each tribe. They bring the same offering. Well, the Torah takes time to repeat each person's offering, even though it's the same exact thing. And the Midrash Rabbah for Parsha Naso is actually two volumes full. How big is the Midrash Rabbah? Oh, the size of a dictionary almost. So the reason that's important is because when they bring their offering they all have a way that they're bringing their offering it's called kavana, aka intention their concentration you know the same way we all say the shema Hashem, uh, before we retire and when we arise well we don't all say it the same way some of us are like oh my gosh Hashem it's been such a day but shema Yisrael some of us are like oh my gosh it's been so amazing shema Yisrael you know So on and so forth. So, every time you do a mitzvah, even if it's the same mitzvah, the mitzvah is changed in its quality and its quantity depending upon your mindset and how you approach it, like preparing for it, which is part of the mitzvah, by the way. So if you know that you want to do morning prayers and you have to brush your teeth, wash your face you have to feed your animals, you have to take care of your children, or you have to, you know, spend some time with your family first. All of that is connected to your fulfilling of the commandment of Shakarit. So when you prepare for a mitzvah, it's connected to the mitzvah. So much so that if you decide, man, I want to wake up early to do Shakarit, your sleep becomes a part of Shakarit because you're preparing your body with enough rest to engage yourself fully in the shakari. So just remember that. So that means when you go to work all day, and you want to do that so that you can provide for your family, so that you can study Torah and bless Hashem, that becomes a commandment. See, we don't think about things this way, because, you know, uh, there's this guilt trip of how many mitzvot did you do, how many prayer times did you fulfill, how many... Of the Halakot did you learn. And and start applying to your life. And it's just kind of like. Well what are you actually doing. Are you even a nice person. How is your Midot. You know. Are you being a good citizen of the kingdom of Hashem. And advancing Chesed in the world. Or are you just straight Gevura. And just self-centered. Because I was talking to the amazing Chazan Shlita today. And he was talking about. You know. uh, When you have a family. You know it really forces you to to have balance when it comes to how you observe the commandments and all the different halakot because you, you're not self-centered anymore like it's not all about you you realize that man I want to wake up and do these certain steps but now you wake up to Abba I need this or you know honey I need this or can you help me with this real quick And it's like you have all these obligations to your family Which, by the way, you can't tell them uh, Back up off me I gotta wash my hands I gotta put on my zed I gotta wrap the filling You know, since it's Sukkot I gotta go away to Lulav So, y'all can starve Lady, I'll talk to you later You know, all this kind of stuff You don't get to do that So, I thought that was really amazing Because, again, preparing for the mitzvah is part of the mitzvah So, if your preparation is kind of whack messed up you know you're just jettisoning your family or your obligations in the morning because you're like i got to go talk to hashem well guess what you can talk to hashem while you're doing all that because the moment your wife comes to you and asks you for something and you're trying to get ready for shakarit and you're like well if i do this i won't have enough time to do all the prayers it's just kind of like well what's your intention anyway because were you going to put all of yourself into those prayers or were you just praying just to get it done you know so now with the little time you have you're really going to mean what you say first of all and also your family or your obligations aren't going to resent you for doing what you're doing because they're gonna be like oh my gosh i'm so important to him you know and because you're esteeming them that's esteeming hashem because, you know, there's the whole imbalance of saying, Well, if you love your family more than you love me, kinda of thing. You know, our our Rabbi Yeshua's words, where he says, If if anyone loves their father or their mother more than me, or, you know, any of their family members more than me, then they're not worthy of me. But the thing is, that's if you're putting their priorities ahead of Hashem's. These things that I'm talking about, these aren't things that are just saying oh i don't want you to do chakra read so come over here and do this this is like no um it's in the morning i have a few needs that i would really like you to help me with you know please consider you know how to prioritize this okay so as a husband as a father you are obligated to take care of your household that is a commandment you know you want to show your children the shema not just say the shema you want to show your, your wife, your, any of your guests who may be visiting you. You want to show them what that looks like. You know, again, not I say, we do first, then we hear later. So I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I mean, that really is what that is. Because that's, that's the witness that we want. You know, Abraham was so focused on making sure people were taken care of that he left his prayer time with Hashem to go and greet the three visitors that showed up to his tent. So, I mean, Parshav Vayera in Genesis where it was three days after Abraham was circumcised it says he was sitting in the entrance of his tent. It was a really hot day. Which, by the way, connects to this Avotazera 3a. It was a really hot day in the sukkah. But Abraham got up and ran to go greet these people. Rabbi Trugman Shlita brings down that the tree that he had them sit under was the merit that Abraham gave to his descendants of getting the mitzvah, of sitting underneath the sukkah. That's right. The commandment of sitting in the sukkah comes from the action that Abraham did. For providing shelter and shade For the three visitors In Parshavah era So Rabbi Truckman, What's wrong with you? Get some help (laughs) But anyway So all that being said Abraham left his prayer time So that he can do that You know you have time to say Moldeani when you wake up When you say Moldeani That is the equivalent Of bringing your first fruit. We learned this in Parsha uh, Ki You know, when you enter into the land, you're to bring your first fruit, bring them in a basket, and that was all connected to Thanksgiving, which is the whole concept of Modayani. So when you, when your soul is returned to your body by Hashem, and you wake up, and then you realize, okay, I want to do all this stuff, but let me take care of my family real quick. Well, the very fact that you've done Modei you've already brought the first fruits. So now you've made it to where when you take care of your family obligations, that's actually serving and blessing Hashem. You know, and so that becomes a part of your service for the day. So you're fulfilling all kinds of commandments, you know, without even knowing it. And sometimes it's just so easy to get caught up on the uh, minutia of things. So anyway... Hopefully that's an encouragement to somebody uh, Because, you know, we need to be good people, decent people That go, oh my gosh, this person is so amazing They just, they have to love Hashem, they're just so cool You know, and sometimes the people that you think That love Hashem and that they're so cool They got all these mitzvahs, they got all this merits They're big exotic and all this kind of stuff Usually Hate to say it, but usually those are the people who are probably farthest away from Hashem. Because again, if you're super extreme and militant about stuff, and you, you're you running away from people for the sake of, I gotta go do all these other mitzvot or uh, halakhic observances, or you look down on people for not being on a certain level, uh, that's not cool. Hashem doesn't do that. Hashem wants everybody to come to Him. He makes a way for everybody to come to Him. And he wants us to help one another get to Hashem. So, you know, that's how we're supposed to be. Some of the people who don't even know Hebrew, don't even study much Torah, they barely have done any prayers, they don't even own a sedur or tefillin or anything like that. Those people are some of the most gold people you'll ever meet in your entire life. You know? And so, just, man, like, Seriously, just say la on that for a second. Would you much rather learn about Hashem from a person who knows it all and quote-unquote does it all? Which, by the way, is impossible because for every halakha you learn, there's a whole nother layer of list to go into with that. And again, if your kavanah, your concentration and your intent is off, even if you do the mitzvah, uh, that, that decreases its value. So, if you're yearning and your heart's on fire for Hashem and you're doing a mitzvah, that's going to be off the charts, no matter how, what level that you do it. But anyway, so would you rather learn from a person that knows it, knows it all, does it all, and all that kind of stuff, or would you rather learn from a person who's just lowly, humble, they just love Hashem, and they realize how inept they are, and... Because I'm going to tell you right now, I that's who I like. Those are the people I like. They teach me something about loving Hashem and making sure that I'm true and authentic. Those people refresh me because their relationship is not based off their knowledge. It's not based off their, their status It's based off being Hashem's child and his servant, you know, and we got to remember that. And that's what the world needs to see because the world is so full of religious fanatics. What about human being fanatics where we just we are who we are we're not hiding behind stuff anyway can I finish can I finish reading Avoto 03a? A I can try so anyway the nation wants Hashem to just redo the Torah again just reset everything up hit the reset button so heaven responds the Gemara says over here Amar Lahain Says to them So Hebrew puts the action first in the in the uh, In the Hebrew here Amar Lahain HaKadosh Baruku The Holy One blessed be he says to them Shothim Sheva Fools of the world Shothim Shava'olam Shoteem comes from the word Shetuf or uh... what is that word? uh... it's uh... Shoteh Shitu uh, it's the word connected to shatim, which is the word for acacia wood and it's this like this, this stupidity this folly this like what is wrong with you? do you have no sense? Um, which is why the, the altar is made out of that uh, wood the outer altar so acacia wood over covered in gold and the different parts of the mishkan they're made like that because it's like there's all this, this folly, this stupidity that comes with our fallen state you know, and the Talmud even tells us the only way we're, we're able to actually sin as human beings is because a spirit of folly, shiduf comes over us Which, by the way, Shatouf in modern Hebrew is used as a uh, theological mindset for those who want to take divinity and mix it in with humanity. In other words, like a God-man complex. You know, like uh, seeing Yeshua as like like a Hercules, like a demigod type thing. Like father is a God, mother, mother was a human and so they call that Shetoof, where it's mixing all this idolatrous folklore type idea. Basically saying it's stupid. Like, don't be idiotic. So anyway, could talk more on that, but just want you to be aware. If anyone tells you, oh, you think Yeshua being the living Torah, well, Mashiach has to be a human, and you don't think he's a human, so that's that's folly. It's like, well... You tell me how to reconcile the Torah being made flesh. You tell me how to reconcile the Torah being made into sapphire tablets. Because that's totally a thing. So we knew that the sapphire tablets possessed the name of Hashem. And they were this material that was from heaven. Because the sapphire tablets, they were straight from Shemayim. But yet they were earthly they were brought into this dimension so I mean how do you really it's it's mind-boggling so now take that to the f- the form of a human being or this divine soul that's sent that is the same animating soul of the the Torah the sapphire tablets that was placed into a human being so I mean yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff about the spirit of Moshe, the spirit of Eliyahu, the soul of M-tet, uh ready to be uh, imbued into uh, a man uh, who is conceived in a woman's womb, and then he can he can be the status of the Mashiach. So, I mean, there's a lot really to get into that, but all of that is connected to this word for fools in Avodah Zarah 3a. So, heaven says... By the way, when they say heaven, they're meaning Hakadosh Baruku. So all of heaven is inside of the Holy One, blessed be he. Goes on to say Me Shetarach Whoever toiled Be Shabbat Yokal Be Shabbat. Whoever toiled on the eve of Shabbat, i.e. on a Friday will eat on the Shabbat itself Me shelo be be'rev Shabbat but whoever did not toil on the eve of Shabbat Me yokal b'Shabbat From where will he eat on the Shabbat? Got a little footnote, Let's see what it says It says I.e., since malacha, which is specific forbidden labors, like cooking, is prohibited on the Shabbat, one must prepare on Friday the food he wishes to eat on Shabbat. Once Shabbat has arrived, it is too late to prepare food through cooking or baking. In the same vein, only one who labor to perform mitzvot in this world will be rewarded in the world to come. Once the era of the world to come has arrived, it is too late to earn reward. That's from Rashi. So, when you look at this, this is another reason why Acts chapter 10 was important, because there's the understanding when the Mashiach comes, okay, he's going to inaugurate the Messianic era, the, the days of Messiah, like all of the new time frame, the next epoch. After the 2000 years of Torah It's going to be Mashiach time Well There was the understanding Well Mashiach came So this is it Like nobody gets to come in anymore And Hashem's like well that was Mashiach ben Yosef That came, Mashiach ben David Hasn't come yet So people can still earn reward For the mitzvot, people can still get converted They can come into the kingdom They can uh, do all sorts of stuff To come in So, it's not quite Shabbat yet, in other words. And so, that's what this is bringing down, where, you know, it's it's Shabbat nations. Why are you asking me to give you a mitzvah to start the Torah over again so you can do something? It's like you've had your chance. You didn't do it then. But, oh, the grace of Hashem, right? (laughs) Because what does He say? Ela af al Pi He says, "All the same, I will accede to your request and test whether you really have observed the Torah. Mitzvah kalah yeshli. I have an easy mitzvah. Ve'suka shema, and its name is suka." the easy mitzvah, Hashem says that the easy mitzvah, is sukkah I apologize for the the uh, lawn service in the background but that's the one of the perks of being outside <laughs> hopefully you can still hear, but I'm going to keep going it says, and its name is sukkah so, when you look at this, it says the Torah in Vayikra 23, 42 and 43 stipulates that for seven days of Sukkot beginning on the 15th day of Tishrei one is obligated to move out of his house and into a sukkah. Hashem is like this is easy take your stuff that you use inside of your house go outside and put it in a sukkah that you build at least a two and a half wall structure you can build it out of four you can build it out of three but you at least got to have two and a half walls and uh, go live out there, go eat in there, go sleep in there, go go uh, study, go pray, go have visitors in there. This is a, this is easy, just do it. Seven days, that's all you need to do, seven days. But wait, Sukkot is eight days. That's right. We say farewell to the Sukkah on the seventh day of Sukkot, which happens to be Hashanah Rabbah. That's not a Shabbat day, but it is a Yom Tov day and that's where we say the farewell to the sukkah that night we light candles to go into the final day of Sukkot which is known as Shemini Atzeret. and if you're not a part of the diaspora and you're on the Israeli schedule it's also Simchat Torah so the 8th day is a double holiday And the diaspora they break it out so technically Sukkot is 9 days in the diaspora but anyway, with all that being said, you have this whole picture here that it's like, this is an easy mitzvah. I just need you to take seven days and go sit in the sukkah and go just do your life in a sukkah. Go live in it. And as you can see, that comes with bugs and that comes with uh, heat or extreme cold. <laughs> or, you know, it's it's joyous, it's pleasant, it's amazing also comes with lawn service but anyway it goes on to say this is an easy mitzvah seven days and then it says one is obligated to move out of his house and into a sukkah a temporary dwelling God test the idolatrous nations resolve to observe the Torah by giving them this one mitzvah it's like listen nations y'all have rejected the Torah this whole time now that it's the end, you want me to start over and give you an opportunity to observe the Torah. You weren't concerned about it when you were keeping all your other festivals. You weren't concerned about it when you were doing all that your heart desires because you know the Hashem knows my heart teaching. So as long as you were doing all that, you were fine. But now that all is revealed and it's the redemption, you're like, Hashem, please give us a mitzvah. We need some merit. We want to be a part of the Al-Mabai. Shem's like alright listen just do the sukkah thing just give me that well if you're a part of Sukkot you know that Sukkot represents the totality of our faith this represents how much faith in Hashem do you have you're going to go sit in a very unstable structure you're going to trust that Hashem surrounds you and He provides for all your needs I mean you're uh, subject to the inclements of nature and you're and Hashem is like yeah so do you trust me and you're like yes I do I wish I could be in my house right now but I trust you Hashem and it's just like yeah thank you if you can trust Hashem and sukkah, you can trust Hashem anywhere I mean this takes us back to when we were in the desert we didn't have anything we took all that we had from Egypt and just left And Hashem was like, great, now that you're with me, I'm going to make sure you make it through this desert. And I'm going to bring you to a beautiful land that overflows with milk and honey. So, yeah, so that's the sukkah. It's this mini mitzvah here of the totality of our faith. Then it says, Maharsha suggests that this mitzvah is chosen because the insubstantial structure of the sukkah represents the transient nature of this world so this right here the sukkah that we sit in this represents life in this world this is the olam hazeh it's transient it's temporary it's fragile this precious it says the choice of this mitzvah thus conveyed to the nations that they should have performed mitzvah in this world which is similar to a sukkah the Gemara below will explain why the sukkah is regarded as an easy mitzvah Oh, I would love to hear that If we have time Well, part two We will have time Bezrat Hashem Okay, but anyway At this rate, I don't know what we have time for So going on, it says So go and perform this mitzvah Leku veyasu ota. Go and perform this Now, ota Can also be translated as go and perform this sign Leku veasu su ota can literally mean go and perform this sign remember the sign that we're supposed to have the blood on the doorpost well you want to put blood on your doorpost today build your sukkah during Sukkot another way is a sign is the Shabbat you want to put blood on your doorpost keep the Shabbat see I'm just not going to even digress but anyway you want to keep a sign If you're a man, get circumcised. You know, you want to perform a sign like putting blood on your doorposts, ladies. Light some candles. Cover your hair. You know, dress modestly. Quit showing all your stuff. Those are all signs. Like, blood on the doorpost type stuff. Like, when we were in Egypt, we put the blood on the doorpost to show that we were in covenant with Hashem. It was a sign for us. It was a sign for Hashem. Yeah. So we think to ourselves i am digressing we think to ourselves yeah i want i want to live for god you know i want to be like the children of israel in egypt i want to put blood on the doorposts well guess what it wasn't just israelites putting blood on their doorposts some egyptians decided to do so as well some people from other parts of the world that were in egypt at the time and that heard this they decided to put blood on their doorpost. I, I don't even know who this Mo, Moshe, Moshe guy is, but He said do something with lamb's blood and hyssop on the door. I don't know You know and they start painting the the door and it's just like this is ineffective I'm using hyssop to apply blood to a doorpost. Can I have something bigger and it's like nope use the hyssop come on dip that thing, you know it's just kind of like wow, just whipping and nay naying over here on the doorpost with the uh, lamb's blood. <laughs> so all this is going on. These are all signs. So anyway, you don't you don't have to like try to be so literal sometimes. You know, you want to put blood on your doorpost. There's all these different mitzvot that you do that are a testimony of the faith that you have. You know, so. You'd rather sometimes paint blood on the doorpost. And it's just like, well, that was a commandment one time. That was just one time. That was the only time the children of Israel put blood on the doorpost. As a sign of the covenant. And here it is, people who maybe have forgotten that, or maybe are not even Jewish. They're like, yeah, let's go put blood on the doorpost. Let's go sacrifice the lamb and carry it through the city. And it's like, that was one time (laughs) anyway next part says the Gemara interrupts his teaching oh I don't know anything about interrupting teachings (laughs) but anyway the Gemara did that to itself it says but how can you say this that God gives the nations one more chance umi mitzvah amrat. but how can you say this haki Veha Amar Rabbi Yehoshua Ben Levi Why (laughs) Veha He's like why Rabbi Yehoshua Ben Levi said why What is the meaning Of that which is written you shall keep the mitzvah Which I command you today to do them Asher Anoki Mezavka Hayom La Asoltam That you shall keep these mitzvot today. Hayom la'asotam. Today means in this world. Which was made to do them. The mitzvot. Ve'loh le'machar la'asotam. And not tomorrow. In the world to come. So today means in this world. So when Yeshua says let us work while it's still day. He meant let us do mitzvot while we're still in this world. And then it says, tomorrow is considered to be called the world to come. Okay. So, then it says, today was made to do them. Today was not made for receiving their reward. That's a whole nother drop. But just to give you a synopsis, the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, trusted Hashem 100%. 1100 million thousand percent. That Hashem was going to fulfill his promise to them that they and their descendants would get the land. Well, guess what? We don't live in the land right now. And when we did live in the land, we didn't get all of it. We still lacked. We got sidetracked and we wanted a king. And we decided to do idolatrous stuff and get the temples destroyed and get dispersed again. So we really haven't had the fulfillment of God's promise yet. Had a little bit of it fulfilled, but not all of it. And the patriarchs are like, yeah, Shem, we trust you. And it's like, well, Abraham died. Well, Isaac died. Well, Jacob died. And here we are, thousands of years later, still don't have the land yet. But the thing is, how long, first of all, is a day with Hashem? Because according to the Hebrew calendar, it's only been about five days, maybe. Because it's 5781 on the calendar. So a day is a thousand years. So we're in 5781. So thinking about all that. But anyway, just to go on to say Hashem's promise is yet to be fulfilled, but it will be. Because so that's the thing. That's why we say, God, we trust you. El Melech you are God the faithful king. Like whatever you said, you will uphold. You know, God's word does not return void. If it goes out, it will accomplish its purpose. So that's the beauty of not receiving the word of the mitzvah. we are supposed to walk by faith and not by sight? Because we know everything that we do, what, what Hashem has commanded us to do, like that's what we're supposed to do. And the outcome of that will be proved and shown in the world to come. So the patriarchs, totally understood that concept. It was like, whatever Hashem, even if we die, like we know you're going to give us the land, that's fine. And the Torah says that right there is one of the proofs of the resurrection because Hashem says, I'm going to give the land to Abraham and his descendants. Well, Abraham died. So in order for Abraham to get that reward and Abraham's descendants to get that reward, God's going to have to bring them back to life and give it to them. I used to work for a church, and they were like, yeah, show me what a resurrection is. Show me what the Hebrew word for resurrection is from the Torah, since you want to study the five books. And I was like, oh my gosh, people, you're killing me. Pun intended. But it's okay, I'll be back. (laughs) Anyway, but uh, all you got to do is just read the second blessing of the Shemone Esrei, or talk about how God is going to give the land to Abraham and his descendants, thousands of years later (sighs) yeah anyway or just read Rosh Hashanah learn about Rosh Hashanah you'll learn about the resurrection because we say Takiyah yeah one of the shofar blast sounds Takiyah means resurrection (laughs) just saying like it's ridiculous anyway didn't know that then but i know it now and it's probably good because we're not supposed to brag and boast and throw stuff in people's face even if they challenge us and provoke us so uh, mission accomplished (laughs) says why then does god give the nations a second chance can't believe this is crazy so the gemara answers rather god gives them this chance because the holy one blessed be he does not seek excuses Mm. So, elah ain hakadosh baruku rather not hakadosh baruku ba betiru na. So, he does not seek excuses im beriotav with his creations. And the English says he does not seek excuses to deal harshly with his creations. A lot of people think God is the one in the sky with the lightning bolt ready to just chunk it. It's like, boy, I'm waiting on him to mess up. I'm going to turn him into a greasy spot. Well, if you read Avotazera 3a, you'll see hmm, that's not so much true. Whoever's saying that needs to stop it. Okay, read a duff. Okay. And then it says, uh, on the contrary, he seeks to provide them with ways to be successful. God is all about seeking. How can we be successful? You know, the woman who was caught in adultery, which we're going to put quotes around that because there was not a way she was caught in adultery, especially since the person that she committed it with was not brought to Yeshua as well. True justice in that situation would have brought both parties to Yeshua. But, you know, we're not going to talk about that. We're just going to focus on the woman because she needs to get stoned. And it's like, well, you know what? Who's without seeing cast the first stone? Let's just get this done with. Silly, silly judgments. But anyway, from that point alone, this woman, whether it was adultery or not, this was not her husband. And she was caught in a situation. Yeshua was being put in the judgment seat and what he what he did proves this point seeking to provide with ways to be successful how can this woman be successful from this point forward well number one she was absolutely embarrassed okay she was she knew she was guilty she was just like Psh, I don't even know where to start on my case oh lord, you know, might as well just stone me, kind of thing. Not to mention, who knows her dynamics with the people who drug her out from the midst of her act. Uh, how awkward that must have been. And then, uh, you know, how, how she got there, what, what was the journey like, you know, because these are some of the things we never think about. We just think, oh, there's a woman brought over here. It's like, well, what was it like from start to finish? You know, what led up to her getting into this situation? What was her background? Did she have any traumas? Did she get forced into this role? Was she possibly manipulated? You know, was she set up? Uh, you know, what about the other person? Why is it he anywhere? Why was he okay with doing that? Why did these guys think it was okay? Because you know Yeshua was in the middle of teaching in the temple, right? So, to interrupt a, a Torah class... For this nonsense what about the audacity of that so all of this is playing into atonement for everybody they needed atonement for sure because they had stones in hand ready to handle their business and they just waltzed up into the temple and interrupted yeshua teaching that's like saying all right i know y'all are making aliyah right now but uh let me talk to everybody real quick pardon me we have an announcement You know, you don't interrupt that. They thought it was okay. So by the very fact that they didn't get to stone her and that they got to choose to walk away, that was atonement for them. And the fact that Yeshua looked at her and said, yeah, don't do this again. You know, you've been warned. Because that's the other thing in Judaism. You don't get to capital. You don't get to do capital punishment on someone if they have not been warned by the Sanhedrin because there is the whole line that says did you know that this deed that you're doing will cause your death and if the person goes no I was not told then guess what they get let off with a warning if they repeat that crime again then there's a whole bunch of due process that they have to go through so that's the deal here with this woman that she's set up for success because not only is she caught in the act in her embarrassment and just mortifyingness happening but she hears from the voice of God the Torah the Torah made flesh well i don't hold you guilty i don't condemn you and don't go don't go out doing this again Like, I don't know about you, but if the the Torah books that I read spoke to me and said, Hey, you're caught red-handed in what you're doing. I saw it. I know about it. Don't do that again. That alone would change my life. I'd be like, oh my gosh. But see, this is why we're supposed to speak out the Torah. So it's as if the Torah is saying that to us. So when we read about things that we should not be doing or things that we should be doing, the Torah is going through our voice and speaking to us like what we're saying we should be listening to you know and so we should be receiving those warnings and and take heed so she gets this uh reproof she goes away and Yeshua continues on about what he was doing so this whole thing for success I mean this this is a beautiful opportunity of being able to be transformed, to be renewed, to to not repeat your former actions because you knew good and well what could've happened, you know? So yeah, so Hashem's all about our success is is the basic gist of that. The Gemara asks, Ve Amai Kare Le mitzvah kala. But why does God refer to the sukkah as an easy mitzvah? Why does he refer to this as a lay mitzvah? No, mitzvah kalah. Mitzvah kalah means easy mitzvah. And he uses the word kalah, which is the same word for bride. It's easy. Okay. The Gemara answers. It's referred to as such because its performance does not involve a significant monetary cost. Now, how many of you have built a sukkah? Well, check this out. There are many mitzvot that do not involve great financial sacrifice. However, since the nations requested to receive the entire Torah anew, God gives them a mitzvah that is regarded as significant as the entire Torah Sukkah is such a mitzvah. Oh my gosh. You want to fulfill the entire Torah? Build a sukkah and stay in it for seven days. I'm just going to put this out here. We got some, some uh, people that donated to make this sukkah that I'm sitting in right now happen. If you were a part of that, this is the special news announcement for you. That the sukkah is such a mitzvah. What kind of mitzvah? A mitzvah that is regarded as significant as the entire Torah. Back to you, Bob. So, yeah, you just, you donated to fulfill the entire Torah. The money represents your soul, your essence, your hard work, the, the essence of who you are. So you've laid yourself down into this sukkah. With other members who've also done the same thing. And together. There's this communal fulfilling of the Torah. That just happened now. Still got a couple more days of it happening. So. Mazal tov to everybody. For fulfilling the entire Torah. It says. Sukkah is such a mitzvah as it is written in the piyut. Piyut. Is a liturgical poem. That's added to the prayers. So this prayer said on Sukkot it says let not the mitzvah of sukkah be regarded as insignificant in your eyes for its laws are as consequential as all the commandments of the Torah mm. all the commandments of the Torah everything about the sukkah is the same significance as the entire Torah so yeah kol HaMitzvah I've commanded you to do all this commandment I tested you to see if you will fulfill this commandment do all of the commandment of the Torah as we read in previous passages of the Parshot and Devari yeah, the whole Torah is one mitzvah it's Teshuvah, it's Sukkah, it's Shabbat all of them have to do with where do you dwell that's interesting, that's a drosh for another time what it says this is from the Piyut Layom Shani the second Piyut after the Birkat Mechayeh HaMetim. So in our Shemona Esrei, uh, there's these Piyut, or team that are uh, intertwined, they're in gray boxes uh, in your Magzor. And on the second day, uh, there's this Piyut about the consequential uh, laws of the Sukkah and it goes on to say among the small group of mitzvot that possess this quality of being equal to the entire Torah sukkah is the one which requires the least expenditure and hardship that's from the Torah Chaim. so it's not a significant cost to put together a sukkah <sighs> when you balance that with the fact of how much the sukkah represents the entire Torah versus how much it costs so you got the quant- the quality and the quantity going hand in hand when you look at the sukkah it's like what's the, the least expensive way to do the whole entire Torah in a short amount of time sukkah so therefore in Hashem's eyes this is considered to be an easy mitzvah so it says, immediately each citizen of the nations takes the opportunity, that's smart, and goes to construct, which use, it uses the word veose, to do or to make, a sukkah on the roof of his house. Beirosh Gago. So if you've ever heard of Gag, Umegag, well, Gog is roof. That's another way to say roof. So they're like, yeah, we're going to go above Gog and Magog and we're going to put the sukkah up there. We're going to be like, whatever, final war, sukkah time. And then it says, the Holy One, blessed be he, then pierces them. No, they did not. They did not just use the word pierce. Mach deer means to drill or pierce, as in, we pierce the mountains at Ravine 58a. God pierces the nation, so to speak, with the blazing power of the sun's heat. Remember when I said Abraham sitting in the entrance of his tent, uh Vayera? Abraham was circumcised already, and then three days later, he got pierced with the sun. So, again, we're talking about Yeshua, he was pierced, and then three days later, he was resurrected, you know the light came out of darkness kind of thing so just kind of a mirror overlay three days like the first the beginning of the three days versus the end of the three days and how they all point back to each other first shall be last last shall be first kind of stuff Atbash as uh, Stav Soldat Shlita likes to say um is full of that says he's going to take the sun out and pierce them with the heat of the blazing sun in Tammuz, which is the summer season, y'all remember Tammuz? It was hot. It says, "Whereupon each and every one of the nations kicks his sukkah and leaves it." Mmm. They kick it and leave it, as it is stated. Let us cut their cords and cast off their ropes. So, the nations had this one chance. They had one job just had one job and they kicked it and they left so that's a Zarah 3A so if anybody ever wants to know is God a gracious God do idolaters have a chance to enter into the Alam the answer is yes so Torah is not a get out of Gehenim for free card what's the get out of Gehenim for free card it's called Amunah It's called Teshuva. It's called the Sukkah. And at that point, it doesn't become about getting out of Gehinnom. It's more focused on who is this God and I want to worship him.